I like spinach, I like kale, I like turnip greens too. I like string beans and collard greens and、uh, Brussels sprouts will do. Welcome to Dr. Yum's Dish. I'm Dr. Namali Fernando, also known as Dr. Yum, and I'm a pediatrician and one of the founders of the Dr. Yum Project, a nonprofit organization in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our mission is to help families make the connection between food and health. On this podcast, we get the dish on food and health by talking to interesting guests who really believe and understand the power of that connection. Today, we are talking to the founder of the company Fresh Bellies, Saskia Sarosa. Prior to starting Fresh Bellies, Saskia had a robust career in marketing, including the VP of marketing at the NBA. As she became a mother, she found that she was not satisfied with traditional baby foods and began making homemade baby food, where veggies and spices were front and center. This hobby became a passion and grew into a baby food business called Fresh Bellies, a flavorful baby food startup that helps to train babies' palates with challenging foods. Her company was recently featured on ABC's Shark Tank and has been. Join an explosion of sales among parents who want to train their babies to be adventurous eaters. She is a good friend to the Dr. Yum Project, and we are so happy to have her as a guest. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you've been really busy recently with all of the recent events with your company, so I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, and I'm、uh, excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration for Fresh Bellies. So、uh, I started Fresh Bellies about、um, four years ago now,、uh, and the genesis of it was just、um, having children. I was working full time at the time.、Uh, I was VP of marketing at the National Basketball Association, and once I had my first daughter, and she she grew into the food phase, the introducing solids phase. I started to explore the baby food aisle and realized there was really nothing. Uh, on the shelf、um, that I would feel comfortable feeding my daughter.、Um, you know, everything was、um, fruit-based.、Uh, even when it was a vegetable flavor, it was fruit-forward.、Um, and so, I, the way I grew up in South America was very different than what I was seeing on the shelf. And I wanted to make sure I exposed my daughters to those same flavors and to vegetables as vegetables right from the start. So I started making a lot of the food myself while I was working full time. It was like my second full time job,、um, and then eventually I had my second daughter and realized、uh, cooking full time for two babies and keeping a full time job was not sustainable. And I realized there was a huge need in the marketplace for a food for babies that、um, really taught them how to eat vegetables by not hiding them in fruit sugars. Um, and then by seasoning the food, as opposed to the bland foods that we've been used to forever,、um, seasoning it with things like garlic and thyme,、uh, ginger and mint, so that、um, those baby palates could begin to get trained to the foods we wanted them to eat as they got older.、Uh, so I basically took the idea of the food I was making for my daughters at home,、uh, decided to quit my full-time job. And I made it,、uh, and I built the business. It's so fascinating, and you know, all of this is music to my ears.、Um, we love the idea of kids eating real food from the beginning, and it's such an innovative idea. And it's so wonderful that you were able to make your passion into a business, really.、Um, and we're going to get to, you know, you mentioned training palates, and we, I think that's so important. I think every parent really wants their baby to eat a wide variety of nutritious foods, and so. Later on, I want to 
talk with you about some of your tips to train your baby's palates to um, be a future foodie. So we'll get back to that in a little bit. But I want to get back to kind of your background and some of the foods that you ate growing up. Tell us about growing up in South America and what kinds of foods or examples of foods that you weren't seeing here. Yeah, so I I am from Ecuador, uh, Guayaquil, Ecuador, originally born and raised. Uh, And what kids ate back then when I was growing up was what the adults were eating. Um, So just the savory foods pureed, and that was the baby food. Um, You know, I was eating spicy food as a child, um, and I love spicy food today. Um, So, you know, I, I just... Even today, to this day, as an adult, I prefer salty food over sugary food. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way I was trained to eat from the very beginning. Um, But yeah, I mean, back home, kids eat what the adults are eating. All those flavors, all that seasoning is just pureed and made um, baby food. Yeah, (laughs) safe safe for them to swallow, but essentially the same food, right? Exactly. Yeah, I love this idea. And, you know, it's, I think people... Um, in our culture here in America, they um, are afraid to be adventurous with their babies. So when you were introducing your babies to those kinds of foods, spicier foods, what was their experience? Did they enjoy them? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of scientific evidence, as I'm sure you know, of, you know, this sort of notion of a flavor window, um, which is when babies are most receptive to new flavors. I feel like a lot of the times parents don't introduce babies to flavors because of their own hesitation with certain foods as opposed to the baby's um, preference. Babies don't know any better when they first start eating food. So, um, you know, during that four to seven month period when you're first introducing solids, they're excited to just eat. They are. (laughs) They're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And try something new and different. And um, and so, uh, you know, my daughters absolutely loved whatever I was feeding them. They were just curious. They loved the colors. They loved to, to touch it with their hands and put it in their mouth. Um, it's not to say that every single flavor was a hit from the beginning, but we were always of the mindset that um, they ate what was served on the table and there was no alternative to that. And so with just repeated exposure and um you know, encouraging them to eat these flavors, they, they sort of, you know, jumped right in. Right. And, and practice makes perfect, right? So the more that they are exposed, the more practice they get, the more they're going to like it eventually. Um, was that your experience too? Yeah. I I think, um, one of the things we hear most from our, from parents, um, who, who purchase our product is, you know, my child didn't like a flavor the first time, or my child hates, um, X vegetable, uh, and I think we, as a culture, we've just been conditioned to think that we're born with all these predispositions to not liking certain foods. Um, and so if we don't like it the first try, then we sort of give up on it and move on to the next thing. Uh, and it's just not the case. I mean, you know, eating is a learned behavior and we can get good at eating pretty much anything with just repeated practice and exposure. Um, but I don't think we've been trained that way as a society. So I, I always say, you know, we, we teach our kids not to give up on any skill they learn, right? Like they learn to ride a bike and we tell them to keep trying every time they fall off the bike until they get it right. And same thing with reading and same thing with math. Um, and I feel like eating is the one area where we're okay with our kids giving up. Yeah. Uh, And it's interesting because it's a skill like anything else. We just don't treat it that way. 
That's right. And I think it's so true. And, you know, this is all music to my ears. You're speaking my language. Um, we, I tell that to parents all the time, too, that um, we don't put a label on kids, too, when they're not uh, reading as fast as we want. We don't call them bad readers. But we're very quick to call kids picky eaters. And instead of really helping them, guiding them, helping them to practice, providing those exposures, we give them a label. And so it's wonderful to hear that your business is really – um, built on this foundation that kids can learn and really helps parents to understand that too because education is a big part of your business isn't it it's a huge part of our business uh, especially because we are in a, in a big way trying to change customer I mean just behavior um, and perception around baby food of right. what we've been told baby food should be for centuries and what it sh- and what it should actually be um, to get kids to eat healthier. Uh, and so it's education on, on explaining to parents or helping them understand that eating is something anyone can learn. And the younger we start, the easier it is for everyone. Um, but also to the fact that it's okay to season baby food and it's okay for baby food to mimic adult food, um, in many ways so that we can start to teach kids, um, to look, to learn to like the things that we're going to expect them to eat when they transition to table foods. Um, you, you know, I, I think there's, there's sort of education on many different levels, just from the type of food to will, is, is this safe for babies? Right. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And for those of you listening, um, fresh bellies is really so different from, the traditional uh, baby foods that you find at the grocery store. Um, I have had samples of your baby foods, and they are just such a breath of fresh air. Um, can you tell the listeners kind of what to expect with your product line and what some of the ingredients are that you use? Because I think they'd be really surprised. Yeah, so so our biggest thing is that we never mix fruits and veggies so that kids learn to taste vegetables right from the start. Um, so, you know, on the vegetable side, uh, we, we use, we don't focus on sweet vegetables, like traditionally sweet, like sweet potato and butternut squash or carrot. We focus on vegetables that most would consider challenging because we feel like we really want to start exposing those palates to bold flavors from the very beginning. So we have things like broccoli, Swiss chard with garlic and cauliflower, bell peppers with thyme, um, golden beets with thyme. And then even our fruits, which are separate, we do have, we, we don't have, I always tell tell this to parents, um, we don't have anything against fruit. You know, fruit provides some important nutrients too. We just believe that when kids are eating vegetables, they should taste vegetables. And when they're eating fruit, they should taste fruit. Um, but even our, our fruits are seasoned. So, you know, we use mint to season, season our apple and blueberry or like ginger to season our pear. We use cardamom. So even when we're feeding kids the, sh- the more sugary or sweet flavors, we're adding a layer of um, or a flavor dimension to it that is still exposing them to something different than just sugar. Yeah, and I, I, th- I wonder if there are listeners now that are thinking, wow, ginger and cardamom, like these are – These are kind of heavy for my new baby, six-month-old baby. But um, I will tell you uh, that babies are very receptive to so many flavors. And 
even if it doesn't go the first time around with practice, you know, they're in this hungry phase of development where their caloric needs are very high, they're growing very fast, and and they're programmed to explore. So um, I, I love that you're taking this bold approach to foods because you know, they, they'll, they'll accept them with a little bit of practice and, um, they may not taste traditional, but they're, they're very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's one of the biggest things is helping parents not or encouraging parents not to give up on their first or second or fifth try. Right. Um, there's studies out there that say that kids sometimes need to be exposed to, to the, to the same foods up to 20 times to be receptive to them. Um, so yeah, that, that notion of, it's not going to be on the first or second try most likely, but it will happen if you remain consistent, um, and and keep practicing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, we talked a little bit about advancing solids as well. And, um, you were telling me that some of your customers use, even though they may outgrow the need for, you know, smooth foods, um, as they advance their developmental skills, they may use, your baby foods as a dip or a flavor. So tell us about that. Yeah. So, uh, it's very hard to do, to, to use traditional baby food for anything else, just because it's like veggies and fruits mixed together. And there's not a lot you can do with that, but because our vegetables are just vegetables, we've seen customers use it for older kids, toddlers, and even school age children as a spread for toast for for example. So the cauliflower, bell pepper, and the broccoli are two favorites on toast with olive oil and Parmesan cheese. Um, we have people use it as a dip. Some people use it to dip raw veggies. Um, others use it to dip pita chips. Uh, so it's a great way to get their kids to eat the vegetables without having to have a full spoonful of it um, and still have some texture with whatever they're dipping in there. Um, and then, you know, the fruits have been interesting because we, we've seen people use it for all sorts of things like s- smoothies. Um, we ha- we've had people say that they use it as a topping for toasts, like instead of jelly, which has a lot of cane sugar or corn syrup, they'll use our fruits as a toast topping uh, to sweeten toast. So um, there's lots of uses for our food just because of the nature and the flavor dimension that we offer um, that historic when we first started the company we weren't really thinking about but now we we really encourage people to to get creative with yeah i love that it's a great toast is a great finger food for new eaters you you can get it into small shapes and encourage the pincer grasp and often moistening toast with a little bit of a spread makes it easier for babies to chew and swallow so i love that idea so we're going to get back to this three tips on your baby's palate, but I I have to ask you about the newest development. We saw you on Shark Tank recently. Um, that had to have been just surreal. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up on Shark Tank and what that experience was like introducing the sharks to this great concept that you have in your business. Yeah, that, that was a, a surreal experience. It's um, not anything I I ever thought I would do <laughs> and it's still like I, it wasn't me um but you know it was it was a really great opportunity for us to just be able to tell our stories not just to the sharks but to four million viewers uh, you know as a startup rarely do you get the chance to to just talk to people about what you're doing and why uh, and really show your passion for a product you've developed to help kids. Um, and so we had that opportunity just by being on the show and it, 
it truly impacted our business uh, beyond what we ever imagined. Um, you know, we our e-commerce platform really exploded because of it. We've landed new retail accounts, supermarket accounts because of it. Um, and so just being able to spread our message a lot further than we had over the last four years with that visibility uh, has been critical to the growth of our business. You did such a great job, too. I'll tell you that I watched it um, on demand. I think I was doing something the night it aired live, but I was able to watch it on demand. And I was just cheering for you um, through the television. You know, your message was so great. You were so poised. I thought you did such a beautiful job. I can only imagine what the pressure must have been like. Um, but I really love that you stood your ground and really fought for the concept behind your business, which is, and the mission, which is really, you know, what you said about childhood obesity and how important that is and to train these pallets early. It was just so impressive. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was unfortunate that we didn't land a shark, but we also went in there knowing that it was going to be an uphill battle. It's something that is not traditional. It's different. Um, but we knew just being, just having the opportunity to be in front of them and viewers was going to be good for us, and um, and it and the show did what it what it, what we wanted it to do. For yeah, sure. yeah, you you really very much impressed. It's such an interesting story that you have, you know, being in marketing, the NBA, and then taking this complete turn um, and just doing such a beautiful job with it. So impressive. So um, I want to get back to our tips because I know there are a lot of parents listening, and I know you're a mom too. Tell us a little bit about your kids. Yeah, so I have two kids, uh, one, two girls. Um, one is six, and the other is four now. Um, I started the company when the oldest was two and a half, or sorry, three, and the little one was six months old. Um, so I, I look back at that now, and I think uh, I was crazy. But <laughs> 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 my job full time when I had a six-month-old um, and starting a business from scratch. But um, yeah, they're incredible. I mean, they're, I, I always say they're my taste testers. Yeah. Um, anytime we're developing a new product or even like the toddler snacks, which we recently launched, they're the first ones to try it. Um, on the flip side of that, I always have to hide stuff when I have it at home because they all, they will, they're the first ones to finish the bags. Yeah. But I, they're, they're incredible. They've been such a big part of the business. I mean, they were sitting with me in farmer's markets the first summer that we launched every single weekend under wow. a tent, helping my husband and I sell. Um, so yeah, they, they're just completely embedded into the fabric of this business. Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, so you're a mom, you've started this great baby food company. So tell us your three tips for parents that are listening. Their babies are little. They want to make sure that they get the best start with their eating. What are your three tips to train your baby's palate to be, um, as expansive and adventurous and so they can be a future foodie. Yeah, so I would say the first is repetition is key. So that notion of practice makes perfect um, is one. Uh, not giving up on your first, second, third, or tenth try. Um, keeping up with teaching them to eat as a skill they can learn. That's number one. Um, I would say number two is, is variety from the get-go. Um, not to be afraid of introducing flavors, uh, savory, bold, bitter flavors right from the start. Um, the more variety you can incorporate into the me their menu when they're first exploring foods, uh, the more receptive their palates will be later on. Um, so I would say variety, 
Uh, and the third, I would probably say um, not offering an alternative is okay. So oh, yes. Menu. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think parents do more of a disservice by, you know, offering kids the, the favorite foods that they will traditionally eat versus um, serving one menu and allowing them the option to either eat it or not. Um, just no child's going to go hungry. And if they're hungry, they will likely eat. Um, but, but teaching them that there is one menu and whatever is served is what they should explore is a really important, it's a really important way to set the table for, for mealtime. I, I couldn't agree with you more. We, um, at, on our website, we've talked about this. We have a baby food option, which is a tag that you can use to search foods where we've kept babies in mind. So they're family recipes. Everyone's eating the same food, um, but you're modifying the food to be safe for the baby to swallow depending on their development. And it's, um, I tell people when they're using that tag, like it's, it's okay if the baby doesn't eat that food that you're serving for the night for your family. Um, hunger is the best sauce. And so often if they, you know, get to the next meal hungry, they may be more willing to try. But your tips are um, wonderful. And I think they will help a lot of parents because, you know, we don't necessarily know this when we get our babies and uh, they don't come with this instruction manual on how to feed them the best possible food. So um, thanks for sharing those tips. Uh, We ask our guests a couple of questions about kind of their health habits and eating and favorite foods. So I'm going to ask you, um, first of all, what is your favorite vegetable? I would have to say it's a tie between Brussels sprouts and beets. Mm, yeah. How do you how do you prepare your Brussels sprouts and beets? Because those aren't for a lot of people they aren't at the top of you know top of their minds. Um, you have to know how to prepare them to really enjoy them. So tell me how you like to prepare your favorites. Yeah, so uh, the Brussels sprouts uh, we like to do actually both the Brussels sprouts and beets I love roasted. Um, but the Brussels sprouts will normally roast and then we'll lightly saute them, uh, and then, um, marinate them in this, like, it's like a vinaigrette with rice vinegar and a little bit of fish sauce and some chili flakes. And it's really delicious. Oh my. Um, and then the beets, I love to just roast with salt, olive oil, and thyme. Uh, it's delicious. And for the girls, sometimes I'll make like, it's almost like a pickled vegetable of beets, but I'll roast them that way. And then I'll just put a little bit of apple cider vinegar, red onions, um, with a mandolin sliced really thinly. And then I put it olive oil, put it in the fridge overnight. And then the next morning they're just delicious. They're a little bit sour, but still sweet because it's a beet. Um, and it's a perfect side salad. But roasted on their own with olive oil and and salt are delicious too. Wonderful. Oh my gosh, my mouth is watering. (laughs) Um, Okay, two more questions. Um, A health habit that you feel like you've conquered and one that you're still working on. And you know, you're a mom, so you know how difficult it is to get food on the table. But what's one kind of habit that maybe would help other moms that you feel like you've gotten down pat? Um. Meal times are, I think the one habit we do well at home is meal times is a, is a really important time at home. Um, and so it's sort of sacred. Uh, it's, we sit at the table, we eat no phones, no technology, just us and the kids, or even when I'm not around and I'm working during the week, it's just the kids and our caretaker, but it's a meal time and there's nothing else around but food and conversation. 
Um, so making mealtimes really a ceremonious thing, uh, I think has helped my daughters understand how important food is as nourishment and as taking care of your bodies versus just, um, something you do without thinking about it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and then one thing that I still need to get good at around food, the question around food. Sure. Or even other habits, wellness <laughs> habits. <laughs> I think habits that I, that I need to get better at is uh, disconnecting. I just since I've had the startup, it's, it's really, it's been really hard for me to sort of draw that line between work and home. Sure. Uh, I feel like I'm on 24 hours uh, a day, seven days a week, um, trying to grow the business. And so I'm not, I'm not the best person at just knowing how to disconnect and focus on family time as only family time. Um, work just sort of bleeds into that quite often. <laughs> so I, I think I, 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 it's a conscious thing that I try to do and get better at, which is separating the two and having the space to dedicate time to the family when I'm with the family. Listen, if you conquer that, please share your tips with us <laughs> <laughs> because we are a bunch of, at the Dr. Young Project, women who are focused in work. And I think we all, um, you know, have that have the tendency to have that happen. So we should all be sharing these tips with each other as we get better. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this has been such a blast, Saskia. I'm so proud of you. So glad to know you and to be able to witness this um, real explosion in your business, Fresh Bellies. I would love for you to tell our listeners where they can learn more about your product and even purchase it online, um, where the best places to, to find Fresh Bellies. Yeah, so we are uh, online. You can purchase our products on freshbellies.com or on amazon.com prime. Uh, and then uh, in stores, we're sort of all over the uh, all over the U.S. Now we're in Whole Foods in the West Coast, um, in Arizona and uh, Nevada. We're also in Harris Teeter stores, Earth Fair, Fresh Time. Uh, listeners can go onto our website at freshbellies.com and go to our store like locator. Perfect. Well, it's been a joy. We really enjoyed you know being able to showcase your product at the American Academy of Pediatrics national meeting um, recently. You're such a great supporter of our work and really look forward to collaborating with you in the future. Likewise. Likewise. I am uh, so happy that we've had an opportunity to work together and I really look forward to continuing to support what you do at Dr. Young. Thanks so much, Saskia. Thank you. Thanks to Mary Washington Healthcare for their generous financial support of this podcast. Thanks also to Gay Adegbalola, for her musical contributions. This has been Dr. Yum's Dish. Check out our website at dryum.org and search Dr. Yum to find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. That cabbage, oh, she's a cutie. Please roll around and have such fun. Lettuce has pretty ruffles, but they're not number one. Give me some broccoli Give it to me please Give me some broccoli That's what I need It tastes so good I can't go wrong Vitamins and minerals Keep me strong That's broccoli, broccoli, broccoli Oh, with the cute little bushy head That's what I say